Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. We're joined now by Kevin Prendergast, Chief Executive at the Irish Auditing and Accounting Supervisory Authority, or IASA for short. Kevin, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Gavin. How are you? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Now, you guys have put out a new report entitled Observations, which we are talking about today. It's a regular thing you do. Just tell us a bit about this report and who does it apply to and how binding is it? Well, every year we issue what we call our observations document, and it's to help preparers of financial statements for the forthcoming year end. So we're looking at the year end, 31 December 2021. So from our point of view, we look at the reports of debt and equity issuers. But really, this report is for everybody who's preparing financial statements at the end of the year. And what it does is it highlights the things they should be looking out for to make sure they comply with with financial reporting standards as they apply to, to everybody who's preparing financial statements. So everybody should be reading it who's preparing financial statements, um, accountants, uh, directors, audit committees. And of course, I'm sure auditors are keeping an eye on it as well. So it's sort of a best practice guide rather than sort of a legal code where if you don't do what this report says, you're going to get clapped in irons. Well, it, it sets out what we think the standards require. So for the entities who come under our remit, we'll be making sure that they do this. And if they, if we think there are issues with how they are implementing, for example, the discussions on how COVID has imp- uh, impacted on their financial reports, what sort of information they're providing on their judgments and estimates on their fair value measurements on climate change, for example, then we'll engage with them. And, you know, again, for those debt and equity issuers, ultimately we would have the power to require them to withdraw and reissue financial statements. But for uh, broader entities who don't come under our remit, it's still part of their requirement to comply with financial reporting standards that they should be doing this stuff as well. Worth just digging into it a little bit more when you're talking about the, mm. the debt and equity issuers who come under your remit. Who are they? So they're companies who are generally they're quoted on the stock exchange. So they've either issued equity or they've issued debt and they're listed. Um, so there's uh, about 100 entities who would come directly under our remit under the EU Transparency Directive. And we would look at their financial statements every year to make sure that they're complying with, with what we call their financial reporting framework, which is effectively international financial reporting standards. And that forms the basis for this guidance, these observations that we set out in this document every year. Now, one of the areas that that you've highlighted companies need to work on is climate change. So what in particular, Kevin, should they be doing? Well, climate change is going to impact on your current asset values and on your potential future cash flows, which also uh, impacts on, on how you estimate some of the values of your assets. So what we're telling uh, businesses to do and what we're telling their, their accountants to do is they need to look at everything relating to climate change that might impact on their businesses. So that's everything from potential future levies. It's like uh, potential future, future regulatory requirements which might impact on their business. It's whether they've entered into contracts now, which might in future be become loss-making because of increased costs relating to climate. It's things like, are your products going to be in demand in the future? Um, is your supply chain secure? Where is your 
property based so that, you know, if there's climate related issues, can you look at that? So what we're doing is we're actually placing the onus on the businesses themselves, on, on the company directors themselves to say, you need to look at all of the different things that might impact on your business from a climate point of view. And you need to take them into account when you're looking at, for example, what is the value of our inventory? What is the value of our of our fixed assets? And then also what liabilities, what contingent liabilities should we start looking at now that we can actually, you know, we, we can be reasonably sure these are going to come down to track and affect our business. Sounds like an awful lot of work, uh, i got to say. I, I just want to pick you up on the, on the fixed asset point, which, which I think is quite interesting. I mean, are we going so far as to say if you have a, I don't know, if you have a fleet of vans that are, uh, petrol or diesel vans, maybe you need to be writing down the value of them because there's going to be less demand for these things. Everyone wants to go electric. Well, I, again, we're going to turn it over to the businesses themselves to make those estimates. But I mean, that's a very good example. If you have assets and you're thinking, well, I have a fleet of vans here that run on one sort of fuel. And what do I know about the future? Well, that sort of fuel is being phased out or levies are going to increase on it. And, and you know, new uh, vehicles are come along that won't be running on, on fossil fuels. There might be issues as regards parts, all these sorts of things that impact on that particular asset. And therefore, when uh, businesses are assessing, well, what's the current value of that? They're the sorts of future things that they need to take into account. And that's just one example. Very difficult to measure and, and, and in particular quantify it, Kevin. So, I mean, what would you say about that? It is, but that's what your accountant should be doing for you. So a lot of the way these assets are valued now, if you look at future cash flows and you discount them to, to assess a current value. Um, so your, your accountant should be putting together sort of spreadsheets and cash, flow, cash flows to set out, well, we think this is what this is worth now. There's always uncertainty in there. And one of the other um, recommendations from our observations document is about disclosing your uncertainty. So where you've made estimates and where you've taken judgments, you're always going to have to do that. But you also need to disclose the basis for those so that the people who are reading your financial statements can, can go, yeah, that, that sounds fair enough. That sounds reasonable. And also that they might be able to flex the document, flex the numbers themselves, you know, apply a sensitivity analysis because they know the basis that the company has applied in reaching those values. Yeah, so it's about reasonableness, I suppose, is the, the key point rather than maybe being 100% accurate. I suppose the, from the accountant's point of view, Kevin, though, a lot of them might say, look, I, I, I'm familiar with, uh, you know, the traditional stuff I have to do, but now I have to go into this whole area of climate change. Maybe I need to get some training on this. Absolutely. And, you know, if you look at what's coming down the road from Europe in terms of, of the, the climate action plan and this corporate sustainability reporting directive, the whole momentum is towards what we used to call the, the, the front of the annual report, the, the non-financial reporting, the narrative reporting, where you're discussing things such as your, your environmental, social and governance, your, your, your response to climate change. You know, auditor is, auditors are going to be asked more and more to express a view on that. And I think accountants are going to be involved more and more in assisting and pulling together that information for the front of the report. In many ways, it's an opportunity for the accountancy and auditor profession to really make itself relevant coming into the 21st century. But definitely the momentum is all towards this sort of reporting. I think ultimately the goal of the European Commission, for example, is to have parity between financial reporting and sustainability reporting. So, so this is where the future needs to be. And whatever training accountants need, I think absolutely they need to go out there and start looking for it and getting it themselves. 
Yeah, you're not the first person uh, I've heard say that. I've heard accountancy firms saying these things as well. Uh, our guest here on News Talk is Kevin Prendergast, Chief Executive of the Irish Auditing and Accounting Supervisory Authority. I want to ask you about auditing more generally, Kevin, because it's an area that from time to time ends up in the headlines. There are various controversies involving companies that get into trouble and, and we're all familiar with, this, with the stories. I want to ask you this question. What is an auditor's job? What are they supposed to do? Because th- there's always this talk of the expectations gap where the public think an auditor does one thing, but in reality, the job is slightly different maybe to what people think. It is, yeah. And I think part of this it relates to the, the nature of, of what auditors have done in the past. So, you know, auditors will, will take financial statements and, and raw data that comes from a business and they'll say this gives a true and fair view. And auditors uh, and perhaps accountants know what that means. It means we think the, the accounts give a fair idea of how the business is going, but they know it can't be 100% accurate. What you've seen then in, in the UK and in other countries around the world is, is, well, auditors should be, you know, identifying and eliminating all fraud. Um, and I think there is absolutely an onus on auditors to do that, to, uh, well, to identify fraud where it would affect the financial statements at that materiality level. But I think the expectations gap relates back to our previous conversation as well, which is, well, where do people want auditors to do work that's of value? So, for example, our auditors looking at all these other things that affect a business, like climate change, like sustainability. So the audit profession needs to keep itself relevant. Uh, and, and that's something that the audit profession is discussing all the time. And indeed, in some ways, again, looking at things as they're coming from Europe, you know, uh, legislation might get ahead of audit in this respect and say, well, we want you to be relevant in this way and sort of close the expectation gap to keep what auditors do uh, useful for users of financial statements. I'm, I'm sure you're probably right about that, but I, I just want to dig into it a little bit more. Hmm. You're, you're talking about the job being to kind of say, look, we think these accounts are, are a true and fair view of what's going on, but, but it's an estimate. I mean, how do you form this estimate? What, what are you supposed to be doing? Like, do you just have to rely on what the management gives you in terms of the transactions? Is it a sample? Are you supposed to look at every transaction that's done? Just spell it out for me, because I think it's important that, that people know this. So auditors are required to follow a whole set of international standards and auditing that that have been developed by by a global board. And what the auditors will be doing is is trying to assess that the financial statements are effectively materially correct. So if, if you look at the numbers that are in there, that they more or less give a good view of how the company is doing, but they can't be 100%. I mean, if you look at at a very large bank or some of the very largest companies in the country, you know, you would need thousands of people working full-time to check every single figure. So like you say, they take a risk-based approach. They identify areas which could have a big impact on the results of the company and they assign their their audit resources to that. Um, So, you know, as I said, it's it's never going to be a 100% thing. And perhaps that's another misconception that's out there amongst people who aren't expert in this area. But that's why they use the phrase, it gives a true and fair view. So they're, what they're saying is in the round, based on all the work that we've done, looking at a sample of the transactions and getting independent confirmations, and then using the, our own skills and expertise to have a look at the business and looking at any potential weaknesses in their systems and controls. Well, hopefully at the end of the day, the auditor will say, we've done all that work yeah. and we think these financial statements give a true and fair so, view. So if they're getting stuff off the company that they think 
isn't 100%, they do have the power to say, look, do you know what? I want more. Give me X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and Absolutely. D. And in fact, one of the changes in auditing standards that, that we've introduced uh, very recently was in the standard as it, re- as it relates to fraud. And what we've said is that auditors t- need to take a much more objective view. You can't just look for things that support what management have have told you. You've got to also look for things that might actually contradict what management have told you. And you know, and you've you've got to just take that view well. I'm I'm not entirely sure that I can always trust management. So therefore um I'm I'm going to take a step back and look at whether there are things that mean no management aren't right in this respect. So that's a that's a, a change in audit approach just in that fraud area. And there's always changes coming in standards to to make uh, the auditors yeah. do their job better. I, I have to say, yeah, this this conversation, Kevin, is making me feel a bit sorry for these auditors because it sounds like their workload uh, is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, maybe that's a good thing for any youngsters out there who are who are thinking about getting into this profession. Maybe there'll be some job opportunities coming up down the road. I suppose we have to talk about COVID because obviously that's another area that's been hugely challenging for the sector. There's no doubt about that. One of the things that that these companies have to do when they're preparing these statements is they have to say, we think that, you know, we can continue as a going concern for the next 12 months and we're we're satisfied that that, uh, we'll be able to stay in business. But that can be very difficult to do when there's so much uncertainty around the economy like, like what COVID has done. Absolutely. So again, going back to what I talked about, about the disclosure, disclosures you put in the financial statements. So what's required is you look a year ahead and you, you take a cold view as to whether you think you'll be in business in a year from now. So you know, we talked about this last year in the, in the observation document we put out then as well. So what do businesses need to look at? Well, they need to look at what government supports are available. And they need to look at how long they're going to last and how they'll be phased out. They need to look at what their financing arrangements are and whether there's any forbearance that's going to be involved. But they also do actually need to take a look at, well, is this business viable beyond that? Now, what we have seen is a lot of businesses surviving all the way through this. There hasn't been huge amounts of business failure. Yeah. But now as the supports are disappearing and life returns to normal, now I think we'll see the fallout from that. So that's what businesses are going to disclose. And then it's auditors requirement to take a cold hard look at, at the judgments that the directors have made and make sure that they're objective and not optimistic. Yeah, so it's now is when the, the, the real work is, is going to begin in this, this regard almost. Uh, I suppose the, the last thing I want to ask you about, Kevin, is automation. And you know we're hearing stories about it coming into accounting. What is the, the future role of it when it comes to financial reporting and auditing, in your opinion? Well, I think I view it as a huge opportunity because I suppose the, the historic view of, of the accountant, the auditor maybe has been bashing the numbers and looking at the debits and credits and that sort of thing. And what you're seeing with technology now with, with artificial intelligence and with data analytics is a lot of that day-to-day work is now being taken care of. And what it does is it allows accountants and auditors to take their resources, move up the value chain and do work that, that's really, really useful and can add value. So it's a tremendous opportunity, I think, for, for the profession as a whole. It's a lot of learning for, for an awful lot of accountants and perhaps people like myself who, who, who came up in the area of, of sort of debits and credits and things like that. It's, it's a requirement for all of us to, to sort of retrain ourselves in what technology can do. But the, 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 the opportunities are endless there. And actually, I think it's a really exciting time to, be, to get into accountancy and audit and see where the future probably will take ta- us. Probably take some of the human error out of it. 
Uh, it'll take some of the human error out of it, but, you know, um, if, as one of my colleagues says, rubbish in, rubbish out. So you could <laughs> have a fantastic system, but you need to still have a control over how the information gets in. But the key then is, is interpretation. So if you're looking at judgments and estimates and values, that's all interpretation. And that's really where the experts come back in, the accountants and the audits, producing that information. But they have better data to work on now with, um, as I said, with, with AI and, and with all the technology that's coming in. Okay, we leave it there. Kevin Prendergast, Chief Executive at the Irish Auditing and Accounting Supervisory Authority. Thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling.